I, I do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not interested in your podcast. Folks, these are, these are wolves. Truth be told, I, I oftentimes lay awake at night trying to figure out how I can get rid of wolves in the church. We are unabashedly, unashamedly Clarkian. And so the next few statements that I'm going to make, I'm probably going to step on all of the Vantillian toes at the same time. And this is what we do at Simple Riff around the radio, you know. We are polemical and polarizing Jesus style. I would first say that to characterize what we do as fashion is itself fashion. It's not hate, it's history, it's not fashion, it's the Bible. Jesus said, Woe to you when men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way, as opposed to blessed are you when you have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It is on. We're taking the gloves off. It's time to battle. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Tim with Semper Reformanda Radio. And I have with me our other co-host, Joseph Rios. And uh, very glad to be with you guys. We're very glad that you're tuning into our podcast. We are a part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. And uh, w- I believe uh, Wrath and Grace Radio has sa- stated that they are going to leave. But there's, uh, I think there's nine other podcasts. I'm not sure if we've kept the number to ten. Because I think we added a podcast. Well, actually... It wasn't a podcast. It's a it's a sermon. I think it's a. Do you know what it is, Joseph? Is it Christ the Rock? I don't. I have no clue. Um, I I feel like I feel like we should know this though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should keep up with everything that goes on. Um, all right. So it is Christ the Rock Church sermons. Uh, I've been listening to it. I think uh, they have some pretty good stuff. I. Uh, he quoted the Westminster Confession of Faith. I believe that they're Reformed. I don't, I'm not sure if they're Presbyterian or Baptist, but uh, I, I've enjoyed the last couple of uh, episodes that I've heard from them. So it looks like, you know, I, I know that Tim is always looking for good quality content. So, you know, I know that we're, we're losing Wrath and Grace Radio, but uh, hopefully we'll be getting some some other good stuff coming our way. So... With that, uh, I also wanted to mention that the the series that we did on Mother Mary, uh, Tim Kaufman is actually doing a blog series, and it, this this is really really good because as we were recording those episodes, I had access to Tim Kaufman's notes and all of that stuff he's putting in a blog, so that goes perfectly with the episode you can you can listen to the episode follow along it's great stuff uh you you have the resources right there it's a knockout for the roman catholic position on on mother mary so i definitely want to recommend that to you um i just uh published i just republished an old article from our old blog uh site I wrote the article like two years ago, I believe, or maybe a year ago, but it's uh, it's titled "Rejecting Logic." Uh, so we're gonna be we're gonna be trying to transfer some of that content over to 
the Semper Reformanda radio blog page uh, as as we as we go along. So uh, just if you want, make a make a profile, join our group, so that way you can get updates on everything that we do. Um, and uh, and so that's uh, that's pretty much it for the way of announcements. Um, today, what we're going to be doing is. We've been planning to talk about this for what has it been now, Joseph? A month, two months, three months, and it just keeps getting pushed back. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a little while now. Uh, I remember uh, writing up the questions for this, and then we realized there were more questions than than who we had re originally thought. But uh, but I think that you know it, it's interesting. I don't think that that uh, when this came out matters. I think these are these are things that we deal with um, regularly. I don't think they're going away anytime soon, as far as. Uh, as far as the content, so I, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, and I remember, so I canceled on you twice, and then you canceled on me, and we've just been hitting the the ball back and forth, and so finally we're going to record this. We're going we're gonna to talk about um, a video that's on YouTube. It's a pretty popular video, and we're going to go ahead and play it, and it's titled, uh, Questions Christians Have for Other Christians. And... Uh, I guess the reason I wanted to do this was because there's a character in there that seems to be pretty well liked by the the Christian community. Uh, his name is John Christ, and he's a he's a Christian comedian. And I'm sure that a lot of people have uh, a lot of Christians have seen his stuff because I, I've seen uh, them like it and, and post it. Uh, he, but he does the uh, the Church Hunters YouTube. Uh, thing where, where it's a little spoof of uh, house hunters. Um, he does a, a number of a couple of other uh, you know comedy videos from like a Christian perspective. I, I, I believe that he's a Christian comedian, and he's he's part of this video. And I, you know it just it kind of raises a lot of concern about where he's at theologically. Um, I know a lot of people are liking his stuff and and promoting his stuff, but I I think that. We just got to be careful with, you know, what we promote and um, and who we promote. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know where this guy stands uh, as far as uh, his his faith or his Christian walk, but I would not be caught dead in a video like this. So, I mean, it, it raises concerns. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't see anything blasphemous in in some of the videos that he's he's done. Outside of this, uh, you know, I know that Joseph, you said you had a kind of an issue with the church hunters deal. You want to tell me why again? Yeah, no problem. Um, so, so the uh, like I was saying to you earlier, the the part of it that I like is it's it's kind of calling out um, what I would say um, pro professors of faith, but not uh, possessors of it. Uh, the way they look for for uh, church body, it's about pleasing them. Um, it's about making themselves happy and, and, and fitting them and needing to fit everything they want, need. And if it doesn't, if it's not perfect, then they'll look for another one. Um, so I, I, I appreciate the, the, um, I mean, that, that kind of needs to be pointed out. That's how it's helpful in a way, but the problem is, is that he presents it as if that those are Christians. Um, and, and so I think, uh, the, the scripture makes clear the priorities of somebody who's of faith um, and, and these people don't have those priorities uh, according to the way he does his comedy. Um, it doesn't seem he has them either. And so, um, and so I don't see how that edifies the body. I don't see that, how that, uh, how that, uh, 
shows love and care for um, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and so um, I, I think, that, I don't know, they're not blasphemous against God, but, but I think we need to, we, and I think it's actually a good reminder for all of us that we need to be very uh, careful how we talk about uh, Christ's bride, uh, whether it be the individual or the group. Well, let me ask you, do you think that the video could be taken as, um, oh, what is it, like hyperbole? Is that the word I'm looking for? Um, where it's sort of an exaggeration where, you know, Christians are looking for that perfect church and then and then it's like, ah, oh, you know, they don't have a, a bookstore, they don't have a coffee shop, or, man, I can't stand the worship here. And I always find that one funny because, you know, it's like what – when you look at the the churches that Paul was writing to, it's like what what did they have as far as music? You know, I I really possibly wonder the, Psalms. the possibly what the, possibly the Psalms. Yeah, no, I know, right? But they didn't have this band. They didn't. Have, I mean, they were meeting in houses. They didn't have all this stuff. And so, I'm just wondering if uh, if maybe it it could just be hyperbole. There's another video that I caught part of. Um, I, I might have watched the whole thing, and it's where you know he's he's acting as if somebody that has the the Bible verse for every occasion, and so everything I've seen from him really is just about making fun um, of of certain types of of Christians, and so the I, I, I it seems like to be that that's his form of comedy is to uh, is to make fun. Um, it, I guess it's one thing if you were to make fun of yourself, right? But but it, but I don't see the I don't see the benefit I don't see the the good side of your the source of amusement that you uh, show the world is uh, how you how you think all all these Christians are messed up and got it wrong and and they take themselves too seriously or however you want to put it um, I, I haven't seen any of his comedy that doesn't make fun of the body so it's I, it seems to be his uh, modus operandi yeah yeah okay I can I mean. I'll have to think a little bit more about that um, because I, I think I'd need to go back and watch the videos again. Um, but let me uh, let me do this. Let me step away real fast. We're going to do a time lapse here because I need to charge my phone and the charger's downstairs. So okay. I'm going to get myself some water real quick too. All so right. That'll be perfect. Time out, everybody. Or you know what? I'll just go ahead and play the commercial right now. All right. We'll be back in a minute. Striving for Eternity and the Bible-Thumping Wingnut are happy to announce the Judge Not Conference, August 11 and 12 in Amstead Falls, Ohio, at Amstead Falls Baptist Church. Speakers include Phil Johnson, Mike Abendroth, Justin Peters, J.D. Hall, and Chris Roseborough. Also included is a debate at 7 p.m. on Friday on the topic of the Charismatic Gifts. Continuationism versus cessationism. You can register for the Judge Not Conference at judgenotconference.org. Don't miss this awesome opportunity and fellowship on the topic of apologetics and evangelism. Judge Not Conference, judgenotconference.org. Register today. Ding dong! 
Jehovah's Witnesses. Ding dong! Mormons! Christian, are you ready to defend the faith when false religions ring your doorbell? Do you know what your Muslim and Jewish friends believe? You will if you get Andrew Rappaport's book, What Do They Believe? When we witness to people, we need to present the truth, but it is very wise to know what they believe, and you will get Andrew Rappaport's book at whatdotheybelieve.com. Looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach? Look no further. At trackplanet.com, we have solid biblical tracks that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracks available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new track just for you. We are committed to the solid biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at trackplanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's tractplanet.com, coupon code BTWN. Okay, um, so I got what I needed, and those are our sponsors. So uh, please check out Track Planet. Um, Joseph, let me ask you, when you go out and do evangelism, do you use tracks? Uh, yes, I do. Um, okay. not, so, it, I mean, it depends um, on which one I'm doing, um, but I usually have them with me. I always have tracks on me. Yeah. One of the, one of the I think, neat things of Track Planet I really want to do this. I just I, I need to take the time to do this. Is you can actually make your own tracks. So if we're talking to Roman Catholics, like dude, we could totally put on uh, like uh, like check out you know these articles that we've written on Roman Catholicism. Uh, so I I definitely am going to I'm, I'm going to put that in motion. Okay, <laughs> I don't know when. I, I've got like a million things I'm doing right now. This week. Um, Man, this week was so busy because uh, we had the classical conversations practicum. Uh, but, you know, that's that's uh, just been really busy. But what were we going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say um, there's uh, two of the people that I do evangelism with, uh, with my, uh, you know, on Sundays with uh, with the, the men that I worship with um, uh, were both raised uh, Roman Catholic. And so, and both of them speak Spanish. And so I'm sure one of them, if not both of them, uh, one of them wants to do uh, tracks for our own church, so then that way we're handing out our own stuff. Um, and then the other one who has uh, written out something for himself that I haven't read yet, um, that would be helpful because I know that uh, between the uh, between the 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 Italians, the, uh, the Hispanic population, and the and the Irish, we've got almost all Roman Catholics on the earth uh, covered, and so Spanish might be helpful also. Yeah, I think it would be. You should get with those guys, man, and. Maybe get some tracks. Um, all right, so look, we're going to go ahead and play this video. It's titled Questions Christians Have for Other Christians. Now, some of the things that uh, the people in here say, I think probably is an indication that they may not be a Christian. And I can't make that statement definitive. I don't know, but I would say that it's very alarming. And um, I would say that this is very much representative of 
where cultural Christianity is, and it reveals a serious lack of wisdom, discernment, and knowledge. And so I wanted to read this from an article written by John Robbins, and the article is titled, The Church Irrational. And uh, it says, the lack of discernment is the lack of wisdom and knowledge. It is an intellectual deficiency. Professed churches and professed Christians lack discernment today because they do not know or believe the truth. They profess to, but they do not. Those who decry the lack of discernment in today's churches usually fail to attribute the lack of its first cause, the purpose, plan, and providence of God. Further, they fail to indicate how God carries out his plan, how he darkens minds, how he withholds his light and his face. Objectively, this darkening is the dearth of preaching and the publication of the word. Subjectively, it is the rejection of revealed truth, including, at the present time, the revealed truth about logical thought. And so, so if these if these people are Christian, they have they have no discernment. And I think that it's because they lack wisdom, they lack knowledge, and they do not believe the word. Uh, which you know everybody's at a different point in their sanctification, and and you know I'd hope that they are Christians. Um, I'm I'm not going to affirm that uh, because of what they say. But what John Robbins also points out is the first cause of this is basically the the purpose of God, that God withholds knowledge. And I believe that in light of Romans chapter one, I believe that we are that we are currently experiencing the outpouring of God's wrath on this nation, which uh, you know the first thing that happens is he darkens their minds, he uh, uh, he removes knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and I believe that that is the outworking of of God pouring out His wrath on on a people. The first thing that He does is He makes them foolish. He He removes the wisdom from them, truth from them, and He He hands them over to a debased mind. He hands them over to a reprobate mind. And uh, you know, it, it's it's alarming where where we're at in our society because, uh, man, I, I remember growing up as a kid and I, I never heard anything about homosexuality on TV. So we've gone from homosexuality being okay to now they're, they're pushing uh, transgenderism and they're not only doing this in the mainstream, but they're doing this, they're, they're targeting kids. And we've talked about that before. So this is, this is another example of people who are professing to be Christian and who are very—it's very subtle, but I believe that they're pushing an antichrist agenda. And unfortunately, this comedian that everybody likes, John Christ, he's in this video. He he asks a couple of questions, and and so we're gonna we're gonna play this video, and then we're gonna go through, and we're going to try to tackle some of these questions. Now, some of these questions are stupid. They're just superficial, and it's like, well, okay, you're just making a cute little video. Like, we're not really going to take much time to answer that because it's dumb. Uh, so let's go ahead and play the video, and then uh, and then we'll take it from there, okay? Do you really think he's freaking out because his name is not on a cup that you get to hold for 10 minutes while you drink a pumpkin spice latte? 
Why does Christian music always sound like a mixture of like Nickelback and Third Eye Blind? Did your devotions actually happen if you didn't post about it on Instagram? How come we all love Tim Tebow? I mean, I do love him. I just don't know why. Why can't you just pray? Why does it have to be a prayer and then like someone in the background being like, bing, bing, bing. Yeah, how come everyone's still supporting Donald Trump? Why are we so afraid to talk about sex? Sex is good. Have you read Song of Solomon? How come we all love Chick-fil-A? Why do you think Facebook is an appropriate place to discuss theology? Why when Paul said that we all have our own individual gifts, that we feel the need to fit into this absolutely perfect mold? That's impossible. Why are we as Christians more known by the things we hate than by our acts of love? Why do you think Christianity and science are incompatible? If anything, science makes God look a lot cooler. Why are you so adamant about exercising your religious freedoms, but then get so offended when people of other faith exercise their religious freedoms? Why do you feel like I have to constantly be preaching in order to be a good Christian? Is showing my friends love and grace not allowed to just speak for itself sometimes? How come there's a church on every block, but for some reason we can't figure out a way to work together? Why is there so much racism, sexism, and homophobia in the church? Galatians 3.28 says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female, for all one in Christ Jesus. So doesn't that pretty much tell you that none of that stuff matters? Why, when the main message of the Bible is to love one another, that we choose to do the opposite? How come when we talk about men having several wives in the Old Testament, we say cultural context, but then when we talk about marriage today, it's strictly one man and one woman? Why does having a diverse group of friends make me less Christian? Why does the church consider LGBT Christians as less than? I don't remember there being a demographic of people that Jesus saw as less than. You know all that grace and forgiveness and love we've all received? How come we can't find a way that extend that to other people? Why do you feel like love the sinner and hate the sin is an okay thing to say? You realize that's condescending and still separating them as an other, right? Why do you think you can judge my relationship with God off of a handful of statements? You get mad at me for not being able to back up what I have to say, but you end up taking scripture out of context so many times. What makes you decide what makes me a good Christian? Last I checked, everyone's relationship with God is personal. In the end, the grand message here is that you're supposed to love one another. And I'm sorry if I sound like a Hallmark after school special, but it's the truth. All right. That was the horrible antichrist agenda or well, commercial or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, Joseph, first thoughts, man. How awful was that? So you, when you sent, first sent me the the, the video, um, my response was um, questions non-Christians have for Christians. Um, I, I think that that says how I feel about it. it, it, it nothing about that um, was Christian. Nothing about the, the questions were. I mean, I, I can I can understand uh, the, the 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 error or the the, the tone which was used uh, had an error of. Um, of, I don't know, arrogance might be the right word, um, condescension. Um, they, they were, they were like, a, as if it was absurd that they had to ask the question in the first place. And, and I would agree, it would be absurd to ask those questions. Um, if you knew what the scripture taught on those things. Yeah. Um, and so the last question I think applies to you, what makes you decide what makes me a good Christian? Last I checked, everybody's relationship with God is personal. So that's that's for you, Joseph, because uh, you just you know you just questioned, and then um, 
yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with the description of condescension, which is kind of funny because the the one girl that was uh, accusing Christians of being condescending, I thought was being I thought she was being condescending. But uh, so this okay. was an this was an awful hot mess. Uh, what do you say we just go through these questions and tackle them, and we will try to answer some of these stupid questions. Uh, that these professing Christians have for Christians. What do you say, man? That sounds good. Okay, so the first question is, do you really think he is freaking out because his name is not on a cup that you have to hold for 10 minutes while drinking a pumpkin spice latte? So obviously they are, they're, they're going after the, uh, the whole red cup Starbucks uh, debacle. Um, I really don't have much to say on this. Um, it doesn't look like you typed out many notes on this, because I think this is dumb, and I think that. Uh, and, and so well, I, it sets the tone, right? It sets the tone for the whole thing. It 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 it, it, the, it sets the tone to make all of the questions seem as if they're they're absurd to be asked in the first place. Um, well, you're right, but but here's the other thing. This this is what's really interesting. Is like as as a Christian, I would agree. As as a Bible believing Christian who takes my faith very seriously, I would agree that like that whole like let's protest Starbucks because they have a red cup and they're not putting like Santa Claus and Christmas stuff on it. I think that was really absurd. I think that was really dumb. And so they're presenting themselves as the rational the intellectual Christian. It's like, look, guys, this is absurd. You know, let's not get carried away with, you know, protesting a company because they have a red cup or because, you know, uh, because his name isn't written on the cup. And so th there's sort of it, – it's it's kind of interesting that this is, uh, this is the, the first question. It's almost like a gateway drug. You know, it's like, okay – yeah, you got me. Like, yeah, I agree with you, and that sounds reasonable, and therefore you're reasonable, and so, you know, I'm with you. And then from there, it, they, they take that, and then they just jump into, well, let's continue with this this idea that we're rational, that we're intellectual, that we're we're not the, the fundy-mundies, you know, of, uh, of the Christian world. We're not the, the, the weirdos and the lunatics. And so, yeah, I mean, I agree with them on that, like, to, to a point. But um, I think maybe there's a better way to ask that question and deal with that, that issue. But uh, anything else on that one? Oh, well, unfortunately, I think uh, from the liberal side of things, I, I can't comment on that because I don't have any personal experience with a pumpkin spice latte. Uh, so I'll have, to, I'll have to withhold my opinion since I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, you're gonna have to explain that. That went over my head. All right, no, no, no. If 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 you haven't gone through the experience, then you can't talk about it. If you're not one of these people, you can't talk about it in liberal ah, arguments. No, that, um, and so I'm, 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 yeah, I'm excluded from from uh, being able to have a, a, a valuable opinion on this. I, I, it's it's a stupid question. Yeah, you know it's really you know it's really funny. Sidetrack, side note, <laughs> the article that I that I recently just wrote, I, I criticized Stephen Hawking. And uh, with something that he says about the the universe creating itself, and uh, one of the guys at work said, "Well, you know, you're not a physicist, so you, you have no you you have no basis for uh, criticizing Stephen Hawking because you're not a you're not a physicist." And so, man, I took that to the bank. I was like, "Okay, well, he's not a Christian, and you're not a Christian, so you have no you, you can't criticize Christianity." I mean, he just cut himself 
down with an axe. It's it was it was beautiful, man. Because like <laughs> everything he said, I was like, well, you're not a Christian, you can't answer that. Convert to Christ, and then you can criticize Christianity. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> once once you do that, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be criticizing it once you do that. So, uh, anyways, uh, yeah. So I I liked your I liked your little comment right now. All right, so. Why does Christian music sound like a mixture of Nickelback and Third Eye Blind? Uh, I don't really know. I really don't know. I, I really don't remember who Nickelback was or who Third Eye Blind was. Uh, so, I, I mean, it was back in, I think, the 90s or early 2000s. I don't know. I don't care. Um, did you want? I saw that you write something, wrote something on that. Did you want to say anything about it? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I'd say for the – for um, so I, I'm just not a, bad, a fan of um, – of of like um like contemporary christian music uh, to to a degree um it seems uh, it's almost like uh, as far as quality of music the standard in general is lower um and that might be why um it sounds that way um but i would say it doesn't um i wouldn't and, and to that effect i wouldn't qualify um all music that's called christian as christian i mean there, there's there's uh, there's a couple of groups out there um that come out of a different um and I hate, I don't, I'm trying to find another word for churches, um, but uh, that aren't, uh, that aren't, they're not Christians. Um, they, you've yeah. got, you've got Beth, uh, this is my notes, I'm almost reading it verbatim. You've got Bethel and Hillsong. Um, neither one of them are Christian churches, but, but, but that people think they are. And, and so um, they call it Christian music. Um, and it, it, the, the worst part is, is I, I, I've listened to, I've listened to one of the songs uh, that I, that I like, and I would never point somebody to that because to, to that band or to that to that song because it would I don't want to point them in the direction of of uh, of any of those places. Um, and so even even if a, you know a broken clock's right twice a day, um, it's, you don't you don't use it to tell time. Yeah. yeah. But let's go on to the third question. Uh, did your devotions actually happen if you did not post about it on Instagram? Does Twitter count? Oh man, you know they they didn't ask that question. I don't know. Well, maybe maybe we could do devotions on um on YouTube and record them, or we could do it like this and we'll do our devotions. Yeah, or Facebook. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so what? There's Twitter. There's Facebook. There's. I think you do Snapchat too. Oh, um, Snapchat. That's another one. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you have a group going in Marco Polo, you can do it that way. Marco Polo is actually super useful, but. I have um, no idea what you're talking about. Right now. <laughs> Something my wife and I use. Okay. Video. Um, but but okay, so so I, I think that that you know so the the the, the main you know that, that's a good question. Um, uh, interestingly enough, I, I think that um, you know there, there's two reasons um, why um, people do that. Uh, one of them is to uh, you know point to God, give Him glory. You know the Scripture says, uh, "Do your good works before men, so that they may give glory uh, to your Father who's in heaven." And you've got the contrast to it, which is uh, you know. Um, beware of the warning of practicing your righteousness before others um, to be to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father who's in heaven. So you've got those two contrasts. And it really just I think it just depends on what your what your what your what your goal is. Right. Um, I think that uh, that a lot of people uh, put that kind of stuff up. Uh, uh, this this um, the sense of piety of, you know, I have my coffee, my my Bible. And, I, and I've posted those kinds of pictures um, in there. And and and. Um, and they, they do it so that people can see them do it. Um, and then there's people who post that stuff just to be an encouragement to others uh, that the, this is what they're studying, this is what they're working through, so they can 
they can be encouraged by that. Um, and so the, 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 the bad part about it is some people do it for the wrong reasons and uh, even though some people do it for the right ones. Yeah, that's, that's good. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. Um, okay, so the next question is by John Christ. John Christ um, and he says, uh, how can we all love Tim Tebow? And then he says, uh, I mean, I, I, I love him, but why? Or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I really don't care that much. Um, I don't – I really – I mean, it, it's kind of like if I saw Tim Tebow, I'd probably just shake his hand and say hi. Like, I wouldn't really care to – I mean, the, the people that, that I would be more excited about seeing would be, you know, somebody like John MacArthur or uh, – or, you know, Vody Baucom or, uh, you know, um, Paul Washer or somebody like that, like R.C. Sproul. Um, you, you know, I'd be more excited about seeing some of those people. And I think the reason why is because I feel like, man, I would have so much more to talk to them about <laughs> with Tim Tebow. Like, I don't I don't really watch football that much. You know, it's like I, I just don't care. And you know, it's like, hey, I heard he saved somebody on a plane, or he did something like like that, like gave somebody. I, I don't know what he did. He did something on a plane, and I might be able to ask him about that. But like, hey, if I meet John MacArthur, I want to talk about some things. If I meet uh, R.C. Sproul, like I want to talk about his eschatology. Like I want to talk about like what he thinks about Clark. Like I I could spend a lot of time with these guys, talking to them and. So yeah, I mean, I, I like Tim. I love Tim Tebow as a brother in Christ, but I, I get what he's saying. It's like, why do we all look up to him? He's awesome. I don't, I don't really have much more to say about that. Um, yeah, and it, my my thoughts just I think people have a lot of uh, they put a lot of hope in in popular Christianity or popular Christians. Um, they 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 see um, and and I think some of this stuff actually can be really encouraging. They see somebody who um, is in what is typically um, a very, like, you know, worldly position where they're, you know, they're influenced either by their fame um, or by their or by their money, and they seem to be consistently faithful. And I think that's a lot of why a lot of people um, like him or are encouraged by him. But I also think that, you know, people jump on the whole, uh, you know, celebrity Christian thing um, and just are, are, are so, um, you know, encouraged uh, but but perhaps just because of their their status that they're they're doing that um but they're that they're speaking their faith in in that public forum uh, my, my question to that uh just ends up returning to how encouraged are you by somebody who stands outside that you don't know proclaiming the gospel um and, and what why would you be one more than the other yeah that, that's a good contrast um and this is not to knock tim tebow because no. i i think the guy's cool i you know i like him <laughs> i just I don't know what I would talk to him about. So I, I mean, but I mean, I could talk to him about maybe maybe he would, maybe he knows Clarkian apologetics better than you, and we just don't know that. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> not because oh man, I hope I hope that I'm not accused of of being pious. I just I, I really, <laughs> Clark is very he's not very well known. But uh, yeah, okay, good job there. All right, so number five, uh, why can't you just pray? Why does there have to be someone in the background playing music? Uh, good point. You know, um, I saw that you wrote something, but can we just move on? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay. 
how come everyone is still supporting Donald Trump? Uh, so I don't know. I don't know when this was uh, when this was put out. Did you did you check when this was put out? Was this during the um, the when he was a candidate, or do you know? I'm not sure. Um, you were just playing it a second ago. Can you? Can you? Yeah, let me look. Let me look. Um, My mouse is being funny, so let me search faces. Uh, I actually don't see the date that it was published. Oh yeah, November eighth. Oh wow. Okay. So wait a minute. Um, I believe the date was November. 28th 2015 that's that's interesting so i guess um you know I, I would hope that they would support him as their president uh and i know that it's difficult to support uh people who you disagree with but um i hope that they would support him as a president and pray for him and uh, want him to succeed and want him to to do to, to make the right decisions to make the right choices uh, you know as Christians I, I very much disagreed with uh, Barack Obama and I, I but I very much disagree with a lot of what the Republicans are doing as well and I think you know supporting them and and the the way that we we can pray about we can pray for them we can pray for for these uh, these representatives I think uh, you know, I, I, that's what I would hope. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, the thing is, like, they're asking. Th this is a, a video where you know they're asking questions, and it's like, well, to really get to the heart of the matter, we would have to ask you, what do you mean by support? Like, you don't want us to vote for him, or you don't, uh, you don't want us to uh, say nice things about him, or, you know, what, what kind of support are you against? And um, you know, who do you support? I mean, are, are you supporting Hillary or are you supporting Bernie Sanders? Uh, socialism is anti-Christian, and maybe we can do a, a piece on that in the future. But uh, you know, yeah, that's th those are my thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, so so the I mean, I, there's there's the you know I would go to Romans thirteen one through seven. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read them all right now, but um, um, you know, the Paul, Paul references, um, you know, he, he made the mistake of accidentally speaking against the high priest and when corrected on it, he, he realized it. And, um, even though the high priest was obviously corrupt, I think some Christians, um, think that because, uh, a, an authority is corrupt, they can ignore, um, the, uh, the position of authority. But when, when the scriptures, whether it be Roman, you know, Paul and Romans or Peter and first Peter, are, are writing about um, submitting yourself to, to human institutions or authorities or governments or emperor um, that they were corrupt then, um, and and so um, I, I, the, the, one of the the Paul referenced uh, Exodus twenty two twenty eight you should not curse God nor um, curse the ruler of your people um, we're we're told to pray for him um, we're we're told to submit to him give honor to whom honor is due so I, I think that the the right thing to do is. Um, support him um, as president um, it doesn't say agree with him right um, and I think uh, John the Baptist is a wonderful example of of, um, of calling somebody out for their sin um, their their sin that they're committing um, but uh, but it's uh, you know it's I think people take uh, take a little bit more freedom here um, they're, they're they're comfortable with slander and with uh, with accusations without evidence 
um, because somebody on the screen in front of them told them that they were true, um, and I, and they and they completely disregard the the explicit teaching um, of Paul and Peter in regards to how we should uh, to deal with uh, or or consider deal with uh, behave about uh, people in authority. Um, I, at the same time, I just want to be very clear, I, you know, in regards to the election and Trump, I'm not super political, um, but uh, I believe it was choosing the lesser of two evils, which I don't think you can. And and so um, I by no means think he's a, he's a believer. I don't think he's a Christian. I think some people took him as he was, right? And they were supporting him because they were, he, he made a profession of faith, even though he said he didn't have anything to ask God to, for forgiveness for, which obviously makes him uh, not a Christian by biblical standards. And I guess we're going to get to that question later also. Um, but uh, we talked about it briefly. <laughs> but it's a it, we're supposed to. That's the simple answer. We're supposed to because the scripture says so. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a Christian either. And, um, you know, it's, it's very clear. It's like just because somebody professes to be a Christian doesn't make them a Christian. And when somebody says that they don't have anything to, like you said, like he, he said he has nothing to ask for forgiveness for. Um, he, he does not exhibit Christian character. Um, and it, what's funny is like the, the patriotic Christians, they get really upset if you say this. And it's like, dude, the, the guy just, he, he does not exhibit anything that is Christian. I've not seen him profess the, Christ is a savior. He, to me, it seems like he doesn't think that he needs a savior. Um, so I would say pray for that man, support him, pray for him. He needs Christ and he, he needs wisdom. And, you know, I pray for, I pray for this country, uh, pray for the, the church in this country as well. So, all right, number seven. Um, and th so this is, this is interesting. Why are we so afraid to talk about sex? Sex is good. Have you read, the Song of Solomon. So, um, here's the thing. There's, I mean, there's there's a time and a place to talk about sex, um, and if you're not mature enough to recognize that, now, I, like, what is she talking about? I, I don't know what beef she has, but um, you know, it, it's sort of it's sort of um, like, oh, uh, if if people saw the the Bill Nye saves the world. Um, skits that everybody was upset about where he has like different flavors of ice cream and vanilla is the Christian and he's like real he's a prude he's just real you know bland and boring and then all these other flavors come in and you know they're all you know trying to get him to open up a little bit about uh, his his views or whatever and like if that's what if that's what she's after, then I'm repulsed by it because it's wicked. The Bible does talk about sex. There's a, an appropriate time, an appropriate place, an appropriate audience. I, you know, certain things I wouldn't say to like if you're struggling with pornography, do not go and just openly talk about that with you know other. You know, if you're a guy doing that, like don't go and confide in women. Like, be smart about it. Be, but then again, uh, Joseph, this goes back to what I read about uh, with with John Robbins. You know, it's like it, a lack of discernment is a lack of knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And so, somebody like this might, 
you know, might want to have those conversations in, in an inappropriate context. And, you know, I think that, that could be, be very problematic. Well, like, you know, I'm not the tone police. I don't, I don't, um, I don't usually take that, that, that side of things, but it was, uh, the way it was asked wasn't, um, wasn't like a genuine question, right? Uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, I really want to understand why a lot of times it isn't spoken about. Right. It was rhetorical. Yes. And so it was, so the, the, the they, they, they don't want an answer as to why, um, it, that, that why it's not spoken about much. Um, it's interesting because even the scripture, um, doesn't speak on it, um, for the most part directly. It, they, they, they talk about you and he knew Eve. Um, you know, so so if we don't understand the the expression there, we we're, we're going to assume they they sat and uh, and had and had coffee with each other, um, and then posted it on Instagram because you know you have to do that, and uh, and then they got to know each other really well, right? But that's not what it's talking about. It's not even saying um, that they uh, explicitly. I mean, you see the byproduct of it, right? But but man, it's a it's even the scripture is um, is good about being modest in, in regards to those things, unless um, Unless it has to do with uh, with show, exposing sin, and then it'll say he defiled Dinah, um, or it'll it'll t you know it'll say you know the, with Lot uh, that uh, that his daughters laid uh, with him, um, which is which is abom an abomination to God uh, in so much as incest. Um, that it, it, it but when it's talking about you know the, the intimacy between a man and a wife for the most part um, or everything I can remember is usually along the lines of uh, a something of modesty. Even Song of Solomon isn't um, graphic uh, so much. Um, it's not. Uh, it's 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 tasteful uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, but but the question doesn't seem to be like, even the way it's being asked. It's not looking for tasteful conversation in regards to sex. It's like why don't we just talk about sex like we uh, talk about baseball. Yeah, you know, you were saying that you're not the tone police, but uh, to me it seemed like the tone was almost perverse. That's that's what I got out of that. So, um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so, all right, number eight. Um, how can we all love Chick-fil-A? <laughs> this I have to laugh at this because uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, first of all, because it's delicious. Uh, second of all, not everybody loves Chick-fil-A. Uh, Carlos, our other co-host, is actually one who does not love Chick-fil-A because he, he his gripe is that they put MSG into everything and they don't tell their customers about it. And he 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 basically says like just because they're they're Christian doesn't mean that they get a free pass. And uh, do, we do got they into MSG and everything. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, they don't they don't tell people about it. And and that's Carlos's big uh, but. You know, um, Carlos has shared this before. He's a diabetic, and he really takes his uh, he, he takes that stuff uh, seriously. And uh, so he doesn't like Chick Fil A. I I like it. Um, I probably shouldn't like it as much as I do because I don't think it's all that healthy. But uh, yeah, I mean that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> what What about you, man? Um, I've eaten in there a couple of times. I don't really see what's so what's so, what the big deal about it is. I feel the same way about Whataburger as far as Texas is concerned. I don't see what the big deal about it is. Uh, All right, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> what what is your beef with Whataburger? No, no, I don't dislike it. Um, uh, specifically, first of all, first of all, <laughs> Whataburger is the best hamburger in a fast food joint that you could ever possibly get. 
and Texas is the greatest country on earth. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I did say country, okay, yeah. because I am, hey, if we need to secede, we're happy to do it. Yeah. My, I mean, hey, you live in California. My right? daughter's Texan. My daughter is Texan. Uh, I lived in Texas for three years. I prefer it to California. Um, so, so I, I agree with you. It is the best country, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 uh, um, I remember, so, so, so the total, total side note, having nothing to do with what we're really talking about, uh, went there one time, had a avocado and bacon burger thing and, um, and it wasn't great. And I'm just like, how do you have, uh, have these two things on a burger and it's not great. And I was really underwhelmed. So, uh, so that was my first experience with that. Um, my, my nine-year-old, uh, who was then, uh, I think, uh, seven, um, th thinks it's fantastic. So, so you guys agree on that, but, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. All right. big deal. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for, for getting the Texan and defensive there. All right. Anyways. All right. Number nine. Uh, why do you think Facebook is an appropriate place to discuss theology? Well, we, we've griped about Facebook before, and I actually do think that it's an appropriate place to uh, discuss theology, but I think that the way that people go about it is unhelpful, and and the person needs to be discerning uh, with how much time to give to these discussions. And so um, I, think, I think that's our, our big gripe is that, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there who are trying to attack others and and uh, just misrepresent people and argue and just love to argue and if if you're one of those people I think that you should probably just take a step back a little bit breathe and and not not allow Facebook to consume your time and so for us the reason I hate Facebook and I say I hate Facebook but I really don't but the reason I hate it is because um, I used to have a big problem with just letting people suck me into debates, and I would—I I mean, I remember arguing with atheists till—I mean, to, to no end. And it, you know, going back over some of these arguments, looking back at them, I realized, man, people just—they don't care. They—they're—they're. They're, intellectually dishonest they they just i mean they're little trolls and they they want to tear you down they they're not seeking the truth and so you know the bible says uh, like jesus said not to cast your pearls before swine and at some point you have to just be discerning and say look i'm not i'm just not going to deal with certain people on facebook but i do think it's an appropriate like there, there are really good groups to be a part of, and then there are some groups that just absolutely suck. Um, the Gordon Clark Discussions Group, man, I've learned so much from those guys. Uh, you know, I, I really, really have, uh, and I'm very grateful to all of the guys in that group that I've talked to over the years. Um, you know, that's where we met Doug Dalma. That's where we met, uh, uh, you know, Jason Peterson. That's where I met... Uh, Luke Miner and CJ Engel and all these all these great guys you know and and it's the same thing for the Bible thumping wingnut page I I've really benefited from a lot of those relationships but uh, I think that you just have to use wisdom and discernment there um, but I do think it's an appropriate place to talk about theology what about you Joseph uh, well you know um, you know we're supposed to proclaim or preach the gospel um, at the appointed time and not at the appointed time 
Um, and so if we're, if we're going to use Facebook as a medium in which to communicate with the, with the world and, and each other, I think that uh, it's not excluded for, from discussing theology. Um, I think it's in a, it is an appropriate place to discuss theology if it's done appropriately, um, which I think you were, you were talking about. You know, it's a, it's a, we, uh, we, we, I, think, I think we, we need to remember that, uh, that, you know, do you use a whole council of scripture, not in just how we defend ourselves, but in how we go about doing it. So, you know, answer cool according to their folly, um, lest they be wise in their own eyes. I think we need to remember that, but also uh, to be uh, at, as much as possible uh, graceful. Um, and so I, the, the, we have to be really careful how we present ourselves to the world in that way. And, and you know, I agree with you about um, letting it suck um, our time. I know I've been caught up doing that. I've actually dialed back a lot recently in regards to my discussions uh, on Facebook for, for exactly the same reasons uh, you're pointing them out. I wanted to, to, to not, I wanted to spend my time with people in real life for lack of a better way of putting it. And I do, but I wanted that to be more of my focus. I don't want to be staring at my phone. Um, and so, uh, and so I think that's, uh, I think we can all be reminded to do that. I think that a lot of well-intentioned Christians, uh, use it as a means to show that they're right, uh, not to, uh, not to defend Christ. And so they, it's a, I think that they maybe intend to do that, but, um, but I don't think that, uh, I don't think, I think that the way that they go about doing it kind of exposes their motive, um, uh, in, in regards to, I think that the, the way they approach the conversation, the way they approach the person, the way they dialogue with that person, um, can, can kind of tell a lot about what their motives are, uh, whether it's they're, they're speaking uh, for themselves or they're speaking for the father who sent them. Um, I think we need to, to pay attention to that, but man, it's a, it's a wonderful place to do that, uh, to, to make Christ known. I think um, I've started conversations with people that I knew back in high school, very liberal leaning people who I've never would have talked to about it had I not posted something theological. Yeah, those, those are good points, man, uh, because you can, you can touch base with people that you knew from your past and, um, and here's the thing, like, I, when, when people go to my Facebook, I want them to know that I'm a Christian. So, um, but yeah, so the next question, number 10, this one I don't really understand, and I think it's dumb. It says, why when Paul said that we all have our own gifts, that we, uh, maybe, maybe there's a typo here, or this is really how the person said it, but uh, why when Paul said that we all have our own gifts, that we feel the need to fit in it, this absolutely perfect mold, which is impossible. I don't really know what the gripe is here um, because there are certain standards that I think Christians should strive to live up to. And it sounds like the complaint is, you know, these people aren't living up to these standards, but then um, the complaint is against gifts I don't think that she's talking about spiritual gifts. I um, thinking maybe so. So this is this is what I'm thinking that the person probably has an artistic bend uh, or a, a, you know bend towards something that's musical and likes certain music or likes certain forms of art or something like that, and that may not necessarily reflect Christ in the best way, and that's that's what I'm getting from that question. I don't know. I'd, I'd need to ask the person, like, what are you talking about? What gifts are you talking about? 
you know, what what do you think it looks like to, to fit into this perfectly Christian mold? Um, because here's the thing, like, either you're glorifying Christ or you're not. Um, and either what you're doing is a distraction or uh, or it's it's building people up. And there's a lot of people out there, man, that they are just, they're like an undertow. And they just suck people under. And it's like, man, you need to really think about what you're doing because this is not this isn't christian and you're you're influencing other people or you're you're you know dragging people into something that i I would say is is a holiness issue um so yeah if you have any thoughts on that one otherwise i think it's too ambiguous to really nail down well i would say that there's a bible verse for that um uh, Romans 8:29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, who's perfect. Um, that that was mine. Um, that he may be firstborn among many brethren. We're we're actually uh, prescribed by Scripture to be conformed uh, to a perfect mold. So that's why. yeah. Amen. Amen. There you go. All right. Uh, okay. Next question. Why are we as Christians more known by the things we hate than by the by the acts of love? Um, I would say because the world hates us. The things we hate are our acts of love. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. We love you enough to tell you that you are going to die in your sins and go to hell if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your as your Lord and Savior. Well, I mean, it's, here, here's the other part. I mean, they might be referencing, and we can give, we can try to try to do our best to give them the benefit of the doubt as as often as they give us allowance to. But um, the the, I mean, there's people out there like Westboro Baptist uh, um, who aren't Christian, um, and they represent um, they they represent themselves as Christians, and they're very hateful, right? Uh, but I, I don't think that, that that that's what this question is asking. I think this question is, you know, talking about why, you know. And it's going to get to this in a, in a few. It's, it's a, you know, talk, when it talks about homosexuality, um, we, 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 we're known by what we hate uh, because we're supposed to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Um, and, and people want permission to, hate, to love what God hates. And, and we as Christians shouldn't, um, shouldn't even give, uh, you know, uh, the, the least bit uh, of leeway on that. Um, and, and what we consider acts of love isn't necessarily what the world considers acts of love. Uh, in fact, um, like you just said, proclaiming the gospel is hate speech. So um, it's uh, I, I think that um, I think that this is uh, that the question uh, presupposes uh, its own version of love and not what the scripture teaches is love. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you said. Um, you know, the, the problem is, is that. The other problem that we have to recognize is that a lot of times people equate disagreement with hatred, and um, we don't hate homosexuals. We we care about them, um, but you know we we uh, do. I mean, like you said it perfectly. Um, we need to love what God loves and hate what God hates, and and God does. God does hate, um, you know, Paul Washer, I think, did a great job of pointing this out by saying, you know, if God, if God loves uh, babies, then he hates abortion. So, 
Um, all right, so the next question. Okay, uh, number 12. Why do you think Christianity and science are incompatible? If anything, science makes God look a lot cooler. Okay, so, oh, man. Let's get into presuppositional apologetics right yeah, here. Yeah, th this is a loaded question. <laughs> so, here, well, here's the problem. Science is the is is one of the it is under the banner of science that I think modern day people attack Christianity, and so for a lot of Christians, I think that this is a, a legitimate concern, and not understanding how to address science from a biblical perspective, and not understanding how to. Uh, how to think about science and what are its, its epistemological limitations, what are some of the logical difficulties that, that are presented within science, I think really can give Christians a sort of a, an unsettled, uh, you, you know, they, they do have this knee-jerk reaction towards science because of the fact that scientism is so prevalent in today's culture. And so I, I, I certainly want to sympathize with those Christians out there who, who do, you know, have, have a struggle with reconciling science with Christianity. But, you know, I don't, I don't know, because I, I wouldn't say that, you know, scientism is incompatible with Christianity. A lot of presuppositions that scientists hold are incompatible with Christianity. And so this is, I think, a loaded question. Um, yeah, science makes God look a lot cooler. What's really interesting is I would want to know if this person holds to theistic evolution. I would want to know, you know, do you think that the earth is billions of years old or thousands of years old? Um, I know that there are people who hold to a framework theory, and they'll say, well, that's not, that's not really what the Bible is addressing. Um, and we can have those discussions, but um, I, I seriously doubt that this person has a biblical perspective of what science is and what its limitations are, and um, that would be interesting to, to find out. But uh, we did do an episode on this um, talking about uh, science and, and what are some of the, the problems that, that we face in science. Uh, concerning logic. So I, I'd recommend everybody go and check that out. Um, did you have anything else to add to that? Just briefly, um, the, so, so science is only true. I mean, I'm just going to say some, maybe some things that we should, that, that are already in that, in that episode. Um, but science is only as true as it comports with the word of God first. Um, what's your authority? And they have to start from there and, and presuppose that truth as you, uh, as you measure evidence um, and people forget those things. So I, I actually think um, first off, uh, let me let me dial back for a second. God doesn't need to look any cooler. I mean, the heavens declare the glory of God, uh, the firmament, uh, the work of His hands. Um, his glory is, is screamed out by creation. I don't think that uh, the our ability to comprehend that um, and categorize it makes God look cooler. I think God looks plenty cool on His own. I don't, I don't even I think it's a that's a right word to use toward God. He is um, awesome in, in the truest sense of the word, not in the overused sense of it. Um, but but I think we would do well to remember uh, where our presuppositions start, uh, which is in Scripture. Yeah, you know, one, one of the things that I always hear from people who would say that science is compatible with 
the the Bible is that they'll oftentimes say things like, well, science confirms the Bible. Well, no, it doesn't. Science can't confirm the Bible is true. Uh, and when you do that, you're actually placing science above the Bible. Uh, what you need to be doing is asking, does the Bible confirm my science? You know, how, how do we know that the earth isn't billions of years old? Uh, well, because the Bible doesn't lead us to believe that and actually leads us. It, you, you can deduce from the scriptures that it's not billions of years old. So um, anyways, that's uh, that's there, there's a lot more questions on that. Maybe we can talk about the framework theory. Maybe, uh, Carlos has been wanting to talk about Genesis a lot more. Um, so we're going to have to make some episodes on that. Uh, number 13, why are you so adamant about ex exercising your religious freedoms but then get offended when people of other faiths exercise their religious freedoms? Can I, can I start this one real quick? Go for it. Yeah, okay. So um, so the, the scripture, um, if we're looking at, uh, at God's people under his rule, um, didn't teach religious, religious freedom. Um, I'm not a fan of religious freedom personally. I don't think it's an important thing uh, for us. I think we would proclaim the gospel regardless of whether or not we're told we're allowed to. Um, so, so for, for me personally, um, I would say that um, that I am not adamant about uh, religious freedom. I will. I, I am adamant about exercising my faith, uh, but it's uh, without regard to whether or not um, the, the the civil authority is giving me the freedom to do it. Um, and I am offended when other people. Um, of, of false faith exercise their their demonic doctrines in opposition to God because um, for those reasons. So so I think um, just to be super blunt um, as as to to how I respond to that question is because uh, their their doctrines are anti-Christ. Uh, they are lies. They deceive people. They People believe them and, and suffer for eternity. And because I care about them, I oppose them. Um, and and I will. But, but exercising my religious freedoms, I, I don't I don't see why uh, Christians think that that's a, that's the that's the solution or that's a good thing or that helps us uh, uh, proclaim the gospel because um, because historically we seem to do better when we don't have them. Yeah. So, OK, so I see that Carlos just jumped in. Uh, Carlos. Uh, is our other co-host to Semper Reformanda Radio. Carlos, did you hear the question? Hey, everyone. Uh, mm, I didn't quite follow. Okay, so let me let me ask the question again. So we're tackling these questions. I, I know you saw the video we, we from the show notes, but we're on question number 14. Uh, Carlos, the question reads, why do you feel... I, no, oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, 13. Um, why are you so adamant about exercising your religious freedoms but then get so offended when people of other faiths exercise their religious freedoms? Uh, that's an interesting question. I think that really ties into how free we should be in our exercise of religion. And it's an important question because this is something that, if you look at it historically, when when the Puritans came over and they, you know, the first kind of Puritans and, and the pilgrims who came over here to... Uh, because they wanted to practice a religion freely uh, but there's some kind of evidence there that they ended up sort of becoming in some ways the very thing that they were leaving by not allowing people uh, to practice anything that was not their own religion and so uh, it's a it's a very that's actually a very complicated question but i would say you know 
at least in this country, I think the proper way to go about things is to allow people to, uh, you know, have a freedom of religion, but also have the freedom, of course, to propagate the gospel because the gospel cannot be compelled by force. You know, that's that's the error that the Catholic Church made and that false religions always make. They always compel by force. Uh, but the gospel is not that. And Christ's kingdom at the same time is not of this world. So we um, it's it's of little. I mean, of course, there's a consequence to the fact that whether or not Christianity is outlawed in a nation, but uh, God's church will still stand regardless. And so I think it's 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 it may be it may be an inconsistency in some ways to 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 be, you know, as Christians to be condemning false religions and then at the same time uh, not wanting anybody else to practice theirs, but having the freedom to practice ours. You know, I would say that maybe maybe that is a valid uh, point. But at the same time, uh, that very off, very often that that really is not the case. Uh, you often see that Christian Christianity very much gets alienated and, and suppressed and oppressed. And so um, there's always that problem uh, politically with and, you know, how religion and politics mix and, and whatnot. But, yeah, I would say that well, we, let me, should let me... be, we should have the freedom to propagate the gospel. Yeah, so I, I like what Joseph said, uh, basically, that whether you have the freedom to do it or not, you're going to do it. Um, and I, I like what you I like what you said, too, Carlos, because, you know, we can. Um, but let, let me let me just ask you guys this, because this this is sort of what I'm getting out of this question is that this person is very subtly promoting a form of relativism which is intended to silence the Christian from speaking out against other religions. Because the the accusation, which I think is unfounded, is that you get offended when other people exercise their religious freedoms. So the idea is live and let live. And uh, Carlos, if, if you... So you didn't get to hear the, the, the video, but it is a liberal, antichrist... Um, propaganda video where they're asking questions that are that are meant to they present themselves as the the rational intellectual sophisticated christians and they're asking these questions i think really to to uh, sort of push an agenda and that's what i'm getting from this question i don't get offended when other people uh, exercise their their religious freedom. I mean, sometimes I do because some of it is just blasphemous. Uh, you know, some of the um, the satanic stuff. You know, some of the what about Roman Catholic mass? Yeah. Well, I don't look I, I, that. I, I don't get offended. I, I don't know. That's difficult. I it's all think offensive to me. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's offensive, it's but offensive. but not in the sense in which they're implying. That I'm a, I'm offended for myself, or I'm offended for, you, you know, be, because the way that the question is, why are you adamant about exercising your religious freedom? So the the person is implying that this is a personal offense, and I don't I don't get offended for myself. I get offended for the for the sake of Christ, um, but because it's false. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's false, and and that's what Joseph pointed out, um, but. I, I really think that there's an implicit 
accusation here and, and a drive towards relativism that's meant to silence the Christian. Uh, like, hey, stop being offended, live and let live. What do you guys think? Well, the, that, that's specifically contrary to the, to the scripture. You know, we're, we're supposed to always be prepared to give a defense, right, for the hope or the truth uh, that's within us. I mean, it's a, it's, the, scripture, the scripture doesn't say live and let live. Uh, the scripture says, "Be willing to die for the truth." Um, so um, that you know, it's a it's a worldly philosophy uh, that you don't find in scripture. Now we we love our enemies. Um, we pray for those who persecute us. We we you know, if they're they're hungry, we feed them. Um, if they need clothes, we give it to them. Um, but um, but if, but if somebody is is teaching lies about um, God, which is any other religion, um, I think that we do a disservice to them by not speaking up against it. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not a theonomist, so I don't, I don't know about making it illegal to have other religions. And I, I agree with Carlos and, and, and I'm sure with you, we can't compel people to believe, but, um, but it, I, it's, it's hateful to not correct somebody's wrong view of God. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number 14. Why do you feel like I have to constantly be preaching to be a good Christian is showing my friends love and grace not allowed to speak for itself sometimes. Well, I'll, I'll start real quick. Um, the so first off, uh, Paul said to, I mean, so that, that's simple, yeah. um, and I have already quoted that. Um, now, but I think for the rest of it, um, uh, we need a definition of terms. Uh, the, uh, what? How does the Bible describe love, and is that what you're talking about? And how does the Bible describe grace and is that what you're talking about um because often um if you're showing love and grace um you will end up proclaiming the truth but uh but this almost seems really similar to you know uh, that there's a quote that is that is uh, anti-gospel which is uh always be um you know uh, i can't remember it exactly always be preaching the gospel and if necessary use words uh which is very similar to saying you know always always feed the starving and if necessary use food uh, well, you know, it's it's proclamation, so um, it's it's because the scripture says to. I mean, that's that's a simple answer. Well, to add a little bit to that, I think some of these questions stem from a lack of balance. Uh, th there's, you know, Christianity is all about balance, and it's very important to balance out the natural and the spiritual. You know, the physical, the spiritual, and there's wisdom with when and how you say things. Um, of course, we should always be salt and light to our to our neighbors. We should always uh, be kind and and loving and caring, and display Christ-like uh, behavior at all times. But and and there's wisdom uh, as to when exactly we should preach the gospel. We should wait for the opportunity to come to us when we're in certain situations, like at work. Like you can't just rebuke your boss and send him to hell uh, because he'll probably fire you. I mean you. There's wisdom with how and when you do things, and so there's a balance. Of course, we, um, as a civilized nation, which America is rapidly uh, not becoming that anymore. It's it's becoming more of a tyrannical, communistic, uh, you know, uh, antichrist society. But in a civilized nation, you have a the definition of a civilized society is somebody who can come together, disagree and iron out or discuss your disagreements respectfully. And that is how 
you allow Christianity to to propagate and to allow the truth to be worn out. Um, we have the freedom, you know, the, the freedoms are very fast deteriorating in this nation, but um, there's always a balance, of course. There, yeah. You don't, you know, you have to keep a balance with everything, and, and preaching the gospel is just one of those balances that you, there's a time and a place, and there's a proper way to do it, and that requires wisdom. Well, let, let me, uh, let, let me, let me take this. Um, so I kind of see a false dilemma here, um, because it's not an either-or proposition. You should do both. You should be able to show your friends love and grace, uh, and also constantly preach the gospel and so what i mean by constantly preach the gospel is like you should be constantly preaching the gospel in some area of your life like carlos was saying you know use wisdom and discernment if you, if you can't preach it to your boss well that doesn't mean that you just don't preach the gospel to somebody else you know yeah, uh, of course not. so yeah. you should you should be pre constantly preaching the gospel and i wouldn't say that that necessarily makes you a good Christian. I, I don't know what this person means by, uh, you know, a quote unquote good Christian because um, the goodness that we have is is found in us because of Christ. Christ imputed righteousness to us. But maybe maybe I would say uh, a faithful Christian um, because if you're not preaching the gospel, I, I don't know if you're being faithful. Uh, to, to Christ and I mean if you think about it like like just think about how absurd this question is think about like what Christ actually did for you you know and, and you go to Romans uh, 116 uh, for our, where it says uh, you know I'm not ashamed of the gospel as a matter of fact let me just go ahead and pull it up but you think about what Christ did for you it's like why would you not be shouting this from the mountains why would you not be like telling everybody that you know about this because you, you know it's like you know okay so romans uh 116 for i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation for everyone who believes to the jew first and also to the greek um you know i, I would want to know like hey why why are you not sharing the gospel and and you know you're you're using the 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 words constantly like okay so when are you not sharing the gospel um with your friends like isn't isn't uh the fact that you show them love and grace uh, allowed to speak for itself well if you haven't shared the gospel with them no I, I would say it's not like you should probably share the gospel and i would want to know like are you are you not sharing it because you're ashamed and you're hiding behind a false piety of of showing love and grace to your friends because Listen, you can show them love and grace all you want, but if they don't know and understand the gospel and they don't receive Christ as their Savior, then you are not showing them love, and you are not, uh, you know, they they do not have grace, but they they if, if they're not saved, they're they're children of wrath. So that's that's what I would say about that question. That's how I'd answer it. Uh, do you guys have anything to add to that before we move on? Yeah, again, uh, hopefully this is real quick. Um, so. Um, the, uh, the the way the question is asked is typically by somebody who doesn't share their faith, um, and they're looking for for a way to attack somebody who says it's important to. Um, the, the, I, I've heard I've heard this kind of question before, um, and so that, that 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 seems to be like you know um, you know you, you say I should be sharing the gospel, but can I do these things? Um, but they but they say well you know constantly um, as opposed to at all. Um, but um, but besides that. 
I guess um, I'm, I want to. I'm kind of curious. Uh, so I, I don't. Uh, I don't entirely agree with uh, with Carlos in regards to uh, uh, the type of balance. Um, perhaps. I mean, maybe maybe we do, and we just describe it differently. Um, and with the, like the, the boss situation, if, if my boss and I get into a conversation about God, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the full counsel of scripture. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't think that. Uh, and I don't think this is what you're saying. So so don't don't ta- don't don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, the uh, the, I'm not, the the consequences don't determine um, whether or not I will I will share my faith. Uh, as, in so much as I might lose my job, but that's a secondary to this person's salvation. Um, the, I know I know you believe that too. I'm not saying you don't. Um, the the I, I can't um, I can't put that that kind of priority for it. I, I would almost say that um, I think I think to, to I think a lot of times people talk about balance and discernment and sharing their faith, um, that they would say that Paul, when he started a riot, sharing his faith, if we were to do that today, would be lacking balance and discernment. Um, or, or Paul's appear, uh, appeal to Caesar so that he could share his faith there might have, you know, he might have been able to go about doing it a better way. Um, I think that, uh, that we're not to be as concerned with the outcome as to being obedient in the moment. And so I think that there's a right way maybe to do that, a wrong way to do it. But when uh, when Paul said preach the gospel in season and out of season, the word there um, means uh, also means at the appointed time and not at the appointed time. So when are you, should you be preaching the gospel? When it's time to and when it's not time to. And that's what Paul's saying. Always be doing this. Um, and so I can't say that there's a wrong time to do it. Um, uh, I think that uh, that it, unless you're going to talk to casting pearls before swine, or, or, or and I, which probably means you've already uh, started on it, you've already already done it. Um, but um, I, I don't see um, this um, this uh, argument for balance and whether or not you share it, um, whether or not you share it at a time. Uh, I don't see the argument for that in scripture. Um, and so and so I, I'm I guess I'm just kind of rambling on at this point. But but what, what are your what are your thoughts on what I said? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I still think it would require wisdom as to how it's approached. I mean, obviously, if you strike up a conversation with your boss about spiritual things, then that's a perfect opportunity. But, you know, there's, it. I do think it requires wisdom because, um, it, and it just, jobs are different and the way things operate in the job are, are also different. Like, you're not getting paid to preach the gospel to to everybody you, you come across at work. I mean, it's, there. there's... You, it does require wisdom in how you do it because if you're working, that's what you should be doing. And so, if if you're starting, if you're trying to proselytize everybody while you're on pay on pay time, then that's that's an issue. That also affects your Christian witness because it makes you look bad um, because you're supposed to be working and you're not. You know, so it's. Uh, I think it it just requires a lot of wisdom in that sense. And also, I think we do have to make a distinction between Paul's exhortation. Uh, to Timothy to preach the gospel in season and out of season because he's ta- he's referring to pastors, uh, he's referring to full time ministers. In other words, or, or basically people who are doing uh, Christian ministry in that sense. And I'm not saying that distinction in the passage though. I think that I think that's for all Christians. I don't think that's especially for pastors. And he's definitely not talking about a pulpit because most of the time when the apostles in Christ were preaching, there wasn't a pulpit. So well, he, the, I think he is talking. Well, maybe I would disagree there because I think he is, it's a pastoral epistle. That's what it's known as. And it's, it's, did, did, did Paul say it was, or is that are we are we gonna agree that to the, the delineation that people have agreed to on it? 
So well, he's our, talking to Timothy, and he's giving qualifications for pastors. So I don't. Yeah. I think it's fairly clear from the context, but. Um, so, that, so that's only for pastors. I think he's specifically applying that to pastors. By by way of implication, sure, we can apply that to uh, lay people in some way, but well, I just think there's, there's no wisdom with how you Testament. do it. There's no lay people in the New Testament. We're all of the nation of priests. Lay people was a distinction from the priesthood. And yeah, but from, there, you have to make a distinction between pastors and non-pastors. Not everybody's a pastor. That. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. But but the, not, the, not everybody's called to be a pastor. Does does that passage only apply to pastors? And if it doesn't, we can't treat it that way. If it does, then absolutely, only pastors are expected to preach the gospel in season and out of season. But that would that would probably go against uh, what Ezekiel 33 talks about, where if you see the sword coming and don't blow their your horn, their blood's on your head. But um, but I, so so I can't. I, I, we're all the watchmen in that scenario. Uh, there's no pastor watchman and non-pastor watchman. Um, we're all we're all we're all expected to to do that. I, I, so I think that we, I, I I don't think we can make the, the the explicit argument that he's only talking about pastors doing that, um, especially if you put it in the context of the rest of scripture. Yeah, I mean, I just think you have to apply it in a slightly different sense when it's because it, I do think he's talking about specifically pastors and. Um, the pastor should be equipping the church or the lay people to to be able to be salt and light and to share their faith uh, in their context. I mean, everybody has a different context. Everybody does different things or whatever, and everybody needs to exercise a certain amount of wisdom and discernment when they are doing that. Uh, because when you do things the wrong way, it could also affect your Christian witness negatively, even if you're trying to share your faith. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's there's a There's a time and a place for it. I mean, we can, that, that's also what Ezekiel says, there's a time for everything. There's a time and a place for things, and it requires wisdom, I think, um, to do it in a proper way. Not to well, say that you should keep your mouth shut all the time, um, but I, I just, there's a, there's a right and a wrong way to do it, I think. Yeah, I, well, I, I agree with that there's a, there's a right and a wrong way to do it, uh, but what we're talking about is timing. Um, whether, whether or not you should do it in the first place, and I think you should always do it uh, if, if possible. Um, I don't think there's a wrong person to do it with. Uh, I, I, I agree that you shouldn't be spending all your time at work not working. Um, so, so absolutely, I, 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 you know, it, I think that that would be a, a horrible for the Christian witness. I, I agree with that. Okay, um, so, so you you would also agree then that there's a, that there's an improper time then. Um, well, I think the opportunity is when you're talking about it, and I, and I think you, you can create that opportunity whenever you want. I don't think you that there's some magical like. Well, you know, yeah, but but yeah. like specifically, like like if you if you are at work and you need to be working, maybe having an hour long conversation with somebody needs to be cut short because hey, look, I've got to get back to work, I've got a deadline, the bosses. Yeah. The, the bosses need me to finish this or whatever. Okay, for instance, check this out. I am a firefighter and a paramedic. Uh, as soon as those tones go off, now is not the time for me to talk about this. Like mm -hmm. I've got, I've got to go put out that fire, or I've got to go uh, do, you know, CPR, or go to the, you know, car accident or whatever it is. Actual, actual lives at risk. Well, yeah, and in, in a in a temporal sense, but. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, it's, I'm listening to both of you guys and, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking that you guys are pretty much on the same page, but just not liking the way that the other person is saying it. Um, uh, Joseph, you said that you don't agree with, uh, that the, the Bible, you know, would, would 
talk about balances like like there's you know um a person like like carlos said uh you know that there's we should be balanced and earlier you referenced uh the um the uh, uh the borough baptist uh what is it the um, westboro baptist. West baptist uh group well, they're, not uh, and, they're just not christian well okay but even even a christian could be yeah, yeah. I, I agree too <laughs> but even a christian can be imbalanced and hey you know what i'm a noisy gong right now because i'm imbalanced and i'm not showing yeah. this person love and so yeah. i think that's i think that's what, what carlos is driving at i get what you're driving at i I kind of agree with both of you. I think that you guys are pretty much on the same page, maybe just not agreeing with the way that the other person is saying it. Um, yeah, and so. I could give you, I could give a few examples because it, it's, I think sometimes it just depends on the context uh, with how you go about it. And I work with, in my job, I tend to work a lot in the computer and I work, uh, uh, we do, we use Skype a lot. You know, we use, um, we t we talk on the on the on ch we chat a lot and we use Skype a lot. I don't really interact with people in person that much mm -hmm. when I'm working because my team is like all over the country, and so um, there was a situation where uh, one of my my technical uh, leads who I was working with his wife passed away, and so you know he, he people kind of said like hey you know he really wants some encouragement if you could send him your best wishes or whatever you know. Uh, your thoughts and your prayers or whatever. So I sent him an email and I said, oh, you know, I'm really sorry to hear about this. And I sent him some scripture. And then, but the, I never really got the opportunity to really talk to him because it was just, it's a very busy, uh, it, it, work gets very busy. And so, uh, but after he left, he ended up retiring uh, not too long after that. And so um, what I ended up doing was I actually sent him a, uh, a book a book about a Christian view of death and dying. And I, you know, kind of made it personal, told him like, hey, you know, this book really helped me when my niece died. And, um, you know, hope you're doing well, things like that. So, I mean, um, I, I was able to, to do it. I was trying to find the opportunity to do it. And I think, you know, that's how kind of the Lord led me to, to uh, figure out a way to do things like that. And so, um, you know, there's there's always opportunities wherever you are. There's always windows that you can take advantage of. Um, you know, without getting into trouble or without looking bad, you know, or without staining your witness in the process. And so, and I, and another example, of course, is when I, you know, this happens to a lot of people when they barely get converted, they get so excited and on fire. It's like a cage stage and you just start talking to everybody about it. And then people start getting fed up with you because it got to a point where I was like, basically telling my dad that he's going to hell and like, nobody wanted to, to talk to me. Like everybody was just getting fed up with me. Cause I was just too, I was just too out of out of hand you know I needed to temper it and and use some wisdom and some discernment with how I I approach people and how you know they're finding a better opportunity of when and how to say things so so just to, to the last point just briefly um, it, so the scripture talks about making enemies out of households so I don't think you're out of bounds there um, uh, and I think I think the warning that you're I, I love my dad he knows that that I that I am firmly hold to that he's going to hell if he doesn't repent belief um and and we still talk and we still communicate so maybe maybe the the how go about doing it and whether or not you do it like i said are, you know and we agree those are, those are different things and i'm not gonna you know i work at a place where i have permission from the owner that i can that and it was encouraged that you know hey it's a good opportunity for evangelism right so i basically have um i i, I can't get in trouble for sharing my faith at work um that being said yeah, that's great i mean yeah, that's yeah, great so, so, 
you know, but so, so, so even that being said, I don't spend all of my time doing that. Um, I, 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 I am helping them improve a, a program for sorting stuff. And, and so I spend time working on that. Um, but if I have the chance to have a conversation with somebody while I'm doing that, I will, I will, I will do it. And if I don't have to do that, I'm usually on the floor uh, starting a conversations and having that. There's a couple of people at this point that I'm walking through the book of John uh, because of those conversations, uh, which is which is really, really fun um, and, and in, in some ways encouraging. Um, I, I would be just as happy to be Jeremiah as, as Peter. But um, but the uh, the I, so, so I'm not spending 100 percent of my time doing that. I'm not saying that. Uh, what I, what I, all, all I'm saying is that um, a lot of people use what you're saying, and maybe this is why I'm reacting to it the way that I am. Um, a lot of people use what you're saying as an excuse not to do it, and um, and and or, or as a way to to satisfy their conscience when they don't. And I don't want to I don't want to give there, um, and so I'm I, I don't think you're that right, but 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 you're the the arguments that you that you make for it. Um, although they can be done right, are typically done for the wrong reasons. And that might just be why I'm so sensitive to it. And so I apologize if I came off across the wrong way with it, but it's something that I, that I see so much and so much, um, so, so, so little emphasis on the need to tell these people, to warn these people about the, the, the eternal consequences um, and the placation of the, of the conscience and that, you know, well, you know, you have to use wisdom and discernment, so it's okay if you don't. Um, and so, and so that that's that's the way I see it used. And so, again, I'm sorry if, if it came. I don't think you took it the wrong way, but I want to I want to make sure that I, I'm very clear that I wasn't. No, yeah. To come that There's way. no right. No, I know what you mean. There's no offense taken. I know, and this is a very important discussion to have. It's important to to make sure that we have a solid understanding of this biblically because it's this affects everybody, you know. And I know what you mean, and I and I can sometimes fall into that that trap myself. Um, where I get a little bit too comfortable, and um, you know, I I try to f I try to find opportunities. I'm I'm always concerned about it. You know, I do try to find opportunities somehow to to be able to minister to people at work when the opportunity presents itself. And I mean, and and you know, I try to uh, what's it called? My we have a we we do evangelism at our church. You know every now and then so I I try to participate in those things as well and I think and I think this also stems into this also ties into the discussion about whether we should do uh, you know the open air preaching you know open air preaching versus just kind of doing a, a sort of like your know, lifestyle or friendship evangelism um, I think there's a, a time and place for both and at, at one point I started thinking that open air preaching really wasn't it probably wasn't a good idea, especially when the, there's already been a church established. And, oh, yeah, I see where you're going with that. Uh, yeah, so, you know, there's, and I know what you mean, and I commend you for that. I commend you for, you for having a very evangelistic fervor and spirit. I think that's that's very much needed in the church. Um, we have a, a brother who, uh, you know, Ryan Denton, he came yeah. to our church, and he's we're really supposed, blessed the church. we talk with him on, on here at some point. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll have him on soon. Yeah, we do plan to have him on soon and, you know, talk about his ministry and what's going on with them. But um, he, he's really blessed the church because he's encouraged evangelism and, and uh, us to be, you know, more active in our faith and sharing our faith. Um, and I, I do think and, and I have gone op done open air preaching with them, you know, a few times already. So um, I think it's it's I think there's a time and a place for that too. I just think, but I actually do think that it is more important in some sense 
to be able to be salt and light in the context that you're in and find good opportunities at work or wherever you are with your neighbor uh, to share your faith or to, to be able to minister them minister to them in some way. That way people will know. As long as people know that you are the Christian, they will know who to turn to when, when they have problems or where they have certain issues, you know, that marital, you know, with their problems at home or whatever. Um, you know, they, when you establish yourself as that salt and light, um, that people will know who to turn to as well. So uh, it's it's a fine balance. There's a balance to it, I think. And, um, you know, going back to the whole thing about family, like, there does come a point, I think, where you can just, it just comes off really badly uh, when you're, you know, like with the example I gave with my dad and telling me he was going to hell. Like, it got to a point where I was getting on everybody's nerves, and it, it just looked bad. You know, there's, you have to still be respectful and recognize, hey, you know, you are my dad. And, you know, we, we came to an understanding, and he knows, he knows what I believe. You know, my, my family knows what I believe. They know what I believe. They know where I stand. Um, and I just try to be more... Uh, careful when we enter into discussions that way not to get too because uh, I can get a little bit animated sometimes especially been uh, previous you know when I first got saved I would get very animated and just kind of a bull in a china shop and just sort of not have uh, not season my my speech with with grace or with salt or how you know however it says it in you, the bible you, you lack so, temperance that's yeah basically we, we temperance. have that conversation <laughs> love, love, um, love is love is gentle and what it means is restrained right so yeah Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, you guys have, uh, you know, I, I think that we're taking enough time on this. So what I'm suggesting or what I'd like to do is let's just go ahead and make this into a two-part series. We're a little bit more than halfway through some of the questions. I'm very glad that Carlos is able to join us now. Um, so we're going to do a little time lapse here, and we're going to go ahead and record part two for this. Uh, for the next week. Uh, so I hope everybody has a blessed week and we will check you next time. Thanks and God bless.